tonight, don't miss the truth that the Spirit of God has led me to share with you tonight. I'm going to be talking to you tonight about the darkness, looking into the darkness of the cross. Looking into the darkness of the cross. There's such majestic information here in the Scriptures recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, and I'm going to read several verses. I'm not going to go into absolute detail about what happened at the cross because it would take a lifetime to do that. But I do want to share about the darkness that came when Jesus was on the cross, looking into the darkness of the cross. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word, Luke chapter 23, beginning with the 33rd verse down to verse 46. And when they were come to the place, John chapter 19 says that place was a skull, Golgotha, which is called Calvary. There they crucified him and the male factors one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them deriding him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. If he be the Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar. And saying, if thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And the superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. They couldn't find anything that he was guilty of, so Pilate says, let's put him down as king of the Jews. God was determined that no fault would be found in him. Thus, he is the king of the Jews. And on the other, or of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, dost not thou fear God? I'd like to ask America that. Seeing thou art in the same condition or condemnation. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And it was about the sixth hour, that is high noon. And there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m. And the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was rent in the mist. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. In John 19.30, it says that he cried, it is finished. 
and gave up the ghost. I want to talk to you tonight about looking into the darkness of the cross. I think there's way too much light-hearted thinking about the cross. We need to look deeper into it because it's much deeper than just him hanging on a cross. There's majestic things took place during the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And I want us to look into the darkness. You may be seated. Now, the Scripture says in Mark 15, verse 25, that Jesus was crucified the third hour. They began to crucify him 9 o'clock in the morning. If you Bible readers understand that he was arrested in the middle of the night, they did their court and their wicked ways in the darkness of the night, condemning Jesus to death. And come morning at 9 o'clock, Pilate surrendered the body of Jesus, the life of Jesus, to be crucified. And the Bible says that that ordeal began at 9 o'clock in the morning, which the Bible says the third hour they crucified him. Mark 15, 25. Now I want you to notice something about the sixth hour. Now he hung on the cross for 10, 11, and 12, three hours. During that three hours, he saved a thief. During that three hours, he took care of mama. During that three hours, he glorified God. During that three hours, he set things in order. And then after the sixth hour, which was high noon, after, at, from the nine o'clock in the morning till high noon, it's now showtime. The sixth hour is high noon. In the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land in Luke 23, verse 44 and 45. Let's read that. Verse 44 and 45. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the mist, or ripped right down the middle. I want you to understand some things tonight that will give us more insight to what actually was taking place. Mark chapter 15, verse 33 and 34 says, The sixth hour was come, and there was darkness over the whole land. And the ninth hour, which was 3 p.m., we heard Jesus cry with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani which being interpreted, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? I've been talking about the crucified one. And one thing we need to understand is the wickedness and the, the, the vileness of our sin. They took the greatest man who ever lived and put nails in his hand and his feet. They beat him with the cat o' nine tails. They ripped his beard out. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They spit in his face, he that made the rivers. And they spit in his face and they cried, prophesy. And Jesus full well knew who was hitting him. They gambled over his 
garments. They hung him on the cross. And there he was hanging on the cross, suspended, not with a loincloth, but naked. Crucifixion, the Roman soldier, it actually began with the Assyrians, crucifixion. But the Romans, they decided that they would perfect it. And so the Romans took up the cross and they decided that they would first parade them around carrying their cross to their place of execution. They would beat them. They would ridicule them. They would, of course, with Jesus, spit on him, pull his beard out, beat him with a rod, mocked him, made fun of him. Took him to the crowd. The crowd cried, crucify him, crucify him. And they take him down to the slab. And there they beat him almost to death with the cat of nine tails. Being scourged, he's humiliated. He's taken with a cross. It's not the cross beam. It's the, well, it's the cross beam. It's not the full cross. You know, you see pictures of Jesus carrying this full cross. And that wasn't the way it was. It was the beam that stretched his arms out. He carried that on his shoulders. Because the main beam was already set in the rocks of the skull, Golgotha, ready for his execution. They would parade him around. They'd put a sign on their neck, They'd wrap a sign around their neck. They were guilty of murder. It's a murder. They're guilty of uh, insurrection. They'd put insurrection. They were guilty of, of uh, stealing. They'd put stealing, murder, etc., etc. But Pilate could find nothing wrong with Jesus. So he ordered in Latin and Hebrew and Greek, put the sign around his neck, King of the Jews. God was not going to allow his son, though he's humiliated, the father's not going to allow his son, though he's criticized and humiliated, the father's not going to let anything pronounced that he's guilty. God's not going to pronounce his son guilty till God decides to pronounce his son guilty. You say, what do you mean? The father pronounced his son? Yes. The, our sins was put on Jesus. And he, he who knew no sin became sin for us. He was not a sinner. Jesus was never a sinner. But God placed all the sins of the world on Jesus Christ. And so he carries that cross up Golgotha's hill. They drive the nails in his hands, the nail in his feet. They raise him up to the upper beam, of the high beam as a sacrifice, hovering above earth and heaven as to say, here I am, Father, for the sins of the world. And the first words that Jesus Christ spoke from the cross was, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He went on to do other things, take care, take care of his mama. He did other things, which saved the thief that, was, um, that repented and gave, turned to Jesus, said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He did other things, fulfilling Scripture, 
But when he said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they do. He's addressing the father. He takes care of his mother. He takes care of the thief on the cross. He sheds his blood. He agonized for three hours. And at noon, showdown, high noon, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know what they do in the beginning. And I believe the father said to his son, uh, we got to talk about this. Let's have a talk. Total darkness came from high noon to three o'clock in the afternoon. As dark as Egyptian midnight. Dark. No one knows what transpired in that darkness. Other than the reverberation of the earthquake, other than the cries of the women crying over the death of their loved one, no one knows what transpired there. But you need to understand that when the high priest that once a year would take the sin, the blood for the atonement of the people, he would take it into the holiest of holies. And there he would present that blood in the holiest of holies. And there was no candlestick in the holiest of holies. There was no light at all. And the only way the high priest knew that the sacrifice was accepted is the glory of God would illuminate in the holiest of holies and God would accept the sacrifice of the blood for another year forward for the sins of the people. Jesus was going into that holiest of holies. They had a, they had a frankincense stand there just at the curtain of the inner court there beside the holiest of holies veil, they had an incense. And enough of that beautiful smell of incense would come under that thick garment into that dark room. In that dark room was the mercy seat. In that dark room was the place where atonement for the sins of the people a year ahead. And at the, at the exact moment that the high priest was taking the sacrifice into that veil, Behind that veil, the smell of that incense is there. I remind you, it was Mary, the sister of Lazarus, that anointed the feet of Jesus Christ and poured the love oil all over the head of Jesus Christ and bathed him with the aroma of the sweetness and the frankincense and the myrrh on his body. So Jesus had radiated that love and that smell of frankincense and myrrh, and it was all over him. And Jesus is now coming in behind the veil as the high priest goes in behind the veil, the Lamb of God goes in behind the veil and the Father says, we got to have a talk. I don't know what the Father talked to him about, but it probably went something like this. Are you sure? You are sinless. You're my son. You have treated these people with excellent power and you've loved them and you've helped them and look what they've done to you. Are you sure that you want to be the supreme sacrifice for the sins of the world? The fathers question him. See, the high priest and the leaders of Israel examined him. Even Pilate examined him. Herod examined him. Found no fault. He was truly the pure lamb of God without sin or blemish or any such thing. And now the fathers examined him. And the father says, I 
I announced you as my son at the Jordan River when you were baptized. I've watched them how they've treated you. I've watched my leaders in the synagogue how they treated you, wanting to stone you and hate you and disbelieve you. And then you cry in the agonizing pain on the cross of Calvary. Your first cry to me is, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And the father says, boy, we've got to have a talk. We have got to have a talk. And in the darkness, high noon to three o'clock in the afternoon, it's dark. And the father is communing with his son. And the father is saying to his son, look what they've done to you. They rejected you. They dishonored you. You've done nothing but good. They crucify you. They spit upon you. They beat you. They treated you wickedly. And then you cried out to me, Father, forgive them. They know what they do. Do you mean it, son? And the son says, I mean it, Father. Do you really mean that you want me to forgive them? And Jesus says, yes, I mean it. I want you to forgive them. And there in that place of atonement, in that darkness, the perfect Lamb of God is being sacrificed for the sins of the world. And the Father examines him. The Father talks to him. The Father says, look what they've done to you. Do you want to go through with this? Do you want to really go through with this sacrifice? Do you really want to lay down your life? Of course, you've been planned before the foundation of the world, but there still was an examination in the dark room. We're talking about the darkness of the cross. And there Jesus Christ is in the darkness of the cross. He's hanging there, suspended in heaven and earth, and God is asking him, are you sure you want to go through with this? And the son says, I'll take it, Father. I'll take the cup. I'll drink the cup. Father, I'll take the sins of the world. And the Father says, okay. And the Father accepted the sacrifice of the pure Lamb of God. And at that moment, he was covered with the sins of the world. At that moment, he was, he was covered, made to be sin for us who knew no sin. He took all the sins of the world, and the light came back on after God had his conference in the holiest of holies. The lamb has been accepted. And the next words that come out of Jesus is, Eli, Eli, Sabachthani. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? See, that was the ultimate penalty. And there Jesus is hanging there on the cross, now forsaken from God, forsaken of man, forsaken of his Father, covered with the sins of the world. And Jesus Christ there on that cross cried, it is finished. Yields his spirit back to God by faith, I might add. Because he's going to yield his life, his spirit, into the hands of the Father. It is finished. I yield up the ghost, yielding it to God. 
Now I'm going to the tomb and I'm trusting my father to raise me again from the dead. And so the father rejects his son based on the fact that our sins was put on him. We're looking into the darkness of the cross. In that darkness, I don't know everything that transpired in that darkness, but I know this. Jesus was crucified outside the city. And I know that once a year they would bring two he-goats and they would, they would, uh, uh, the priest would lay his hands upon the he-goat and confess the sins of the people. He would slaughter the other he-goat for the sacrifice of the sins of the people. And the other one would be sent out into the wilderness to die and to be devoured of death. And Jesus, everything was put on him. He was slaughtered on the cross of Calvary, the Lamb of God, the he-goat. He took our sins. Everything was put upon him. He was guilty of nothing but good, nothing but holiness, nothing but purity, nothing but this is the king of the Jews. Oh, it's going to get better. So Jesus is put in the tomb to be devoured of death. But death couldn't hold him. Woo! Death couldn't hold him. Jesus, there was three hours. Let, let me put this, uh, Alan's got it on the screen, at least I think he's prepared to put this up. The first thing I want to point out is simply this. There was three hours that he hung on the cross in darkness. And there were three hours that he was in the grave in darkness. Or three days, rather. Three hours hung on the cross in darkness, three days in the grave in darkness. Three hours in darkness for the retribution of our sins. He was in the darkness for three hours on the cross for the retribution of our sins, the judgment of our sins. And then he was put in a grave for three days for the justification and the future of our eternal life. Because he lives, we shall live also. Now, I want you to understand something. When you read about the crucifixion, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you read about it, and you study and put all the accounts together, you're going to find all the good that Jesus does at the beginning of the crucifixion. Then you find three hours of darkness. No one knows what went on. I'm sharing just what I think transpired. The Father says, are you sure this is the way we're going? And then when Jesus said, I'm sure, then God puts judgment upon his son. Except, accepts his son as a supreme sacrifice. And at that moment, the veil of the temple is rent from top to bottom to tell the world, now you have access to the Father. You have access to eternal life. And Jesus put in the tomb three days 
He was hung in, hanging on the cross in darkness for three hours. Now, that's the retribution of our sins. Now he's in the tomb, the darkness of the tomb, for three days. And that is for the future of our eternal destiny, the hope of our future. This is kind of a silly illustration, but you need to understand something. Death is just a transformation to another place. Did you hear what I'm saying? Death is just a transformation to another place. Jesus Christ, after three days and three nights, up from the grave he arose because he lives forever. Rigor mortis couldn't kick into his body. Death couldn't hold him. The maggots, the stiffness, the stench of death could not hold him because he's a pure slam of God. He could not corrupt. He could not uh, rot. He could not be defiled. He's the lamb of God. He shed the blood of God for our sin. And there in that tomb, he did not set in with rigor mortis or death or begin to rot. He was his body was just laying there, preserved in the love of God, preserved in the strength of God, preserved in the will of God. And I want you to know, I'm, I'm planning on sticking around to the rapture, but if the Lord chooses to take me home prior, this body may return to dust, but I'm preserved in the power and the foreknowledge of God. I'm saved, preserved. There's a place laid up for me in heaven. I have reservations. Now, this is a different kind of illustration. Stetson, my grandson, loves bugs. Well, what little boy doesn't love bugs? And what little girl doesn't like bugs? If you're a little girl and you don't like bugs as a little girl, then you were just a sissy. Stetson loved, and Caleb, Caleb got him some tomato worms. Big old green, yeah, yeah. Now, let me give you an illustration. This is silly, but it brings the point across. The story is told of six big black caterpillars. And one of the their friends, the seventh caterpillar, was put in a cocoon. He died. And the six caterpillars, the black caterpillars, are marching with the cocoon on their shoulders to the graveyard. But a beautiful butterfly flubbers up, flies up above their heads and says, Don't you be down. And don't you be dismayed. I've been through a transformation. I've been changed. The cocoon of death cannot hold you. The cocoon of death is just there to transform you. Shoot, you can have your embalming fluid. I've got the word of God. I, I, I'm cocooned in the Word of God. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I'm cocooned in the Word of God. I'm cocooned in the love of God. I'm cocooned in the blessing of God. And though this old body is getting kind of, you know, it creaks a little bit when it walks. It feels like the kneecaps need 
some oil. You feel like you need some WD-40 in places. Your body's starting to get a little rusty and a little hard to move around. But I want you to know, my friends, I'm cocooned in the promises of God. I'm cocooned in the love of God. I'm just waiting for transformation. I'm just waiting to be changed. Amen. And Jesus Christ went to the tomb three days and three nights in the darkness of the tomb so that he could say to all of us in this room, don't you worry. If the world cocoons you up, don't you worry. You first be cocooned in the Word of God. And you be cocooned in the blessing of the Lord and the promises of God. Because one day you'll fly out of that grave because you'll be transformed. In the darkness of that cross, loud voice at the end, after the ninth hour, 3 p.m., lights come back on. The Father says, okay. And a loud voice saying, Jesus Christ, Eloah, Eloah, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And from that place on, you'll find Jesus Christ making his descent into the tomb. He made his descent into the tomb. But Jesus Christ said, if you destroy this body, you remember, in three days I'll raise it up again. The darkness of the cross. I hope after hearing this sermon tonight, you'll, you'll not read it the same again. You'll, you'll say, okay, there was a pause here. There was three hours of darkness. What was going on? I believe the father was having a conference with his son. They were still on speaking terms. But when the lights came on, the third or at three o'clock in the afternoon when the lights returned, they were no longer on speaking terms. And because they were no longer on speaking terms, that tells me that Jesus Christ at that moment took the sins of the world upon him. But it don't end there. Woo, it don't end there. Jesus descends into the lower parts of the earth. Jesus descends into the bowels of death. Jesus is laid there like a cocoon of death. He's there three days and three nights. And the father says, okay, I'm satisfied. It's time to get up, son. Rise and shine, my son. Rise and shine. And up from the grave, Jesus Christ arose. And the Father, I, did, I didn't see this, but I feel it in my spirit. The Father says, welcome home, boy. Yes. Welcome home, son. Yes. And the Father wrapped his arms around his son and said, you did it. You did it. You saved the world if they'll come. 
You forgave the people of their sins if they'll come. You did it, son. You did it. You rescued them from my holy wrath. You rescued them from the guilt and shame and death of sin. You did it, son. So I'm going to give you a name above every name that is named. At the name of Jesus Christ, every tongue shall confess that you are God, that you are the Son of God, that you are Lord. And I'm going to give you a name. I'm going to make you Lord over all my kingdom. Well, he was already Lord, but he laid it down. I said Jesus was already Lord, but he laid it down. He laid the keys down. He said, Father, I'll be back in a little bit. Father says, yeah, you go down there and get everybody I'm giving to you. You go down there and you die, according to the 10th chapter of St. John. You go do get it done, son. And the son raises again from the grave after getting the job done. He sends back to the father and says, I'll have my keys back. Father, I'll drive now. Revelation chapter 1, behold, I am alive, and I was once dead. Behold, I am he that liveth and was dead, and I hold the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I've got it, Father. I've got the key to every grave. I've got it, Father. I've got the key to hell. I've got it, Father. I've got the key to every man's salvation. I've got it, Father. I did it. I did it. And the Father said, remember that conference we had in the dark room? That three hours of darkness? And the Father says, son, you did it. You did it. Such great truths there. You did it. You did it, son. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You did it, son. All them that come to you, you will in no wise cast out. Son, you did exactly what I sent you to do. You rose again from the grave. You took the sins of the world. And because you justified, because you were pure, because you were holy, you could not be holding of death. Death had no hold on you, Jesus. Death, Jesus said in one place, which of you convinces me of sin? The, the, The devil had no hold on Jesus. And death had no hold on Jesus. Jesus just laid there. He was doing work down in the lower parts of the earth. I'm not going to get into that. That's a different sermon, but he was busy. His body was asleep, but he was awake down there doing some stuff. Now he's awake up there doing some stuff. But he took his body with him. (laughs) I love this. Jesus ascends out of the lower parts of the earth. He grabs his body and says, we got to go. Can you see that? Can you see Jesus going into that tomb and said, oh, there it is. Man, you are a pitiful looking sight there. 
And Jesus lays hold of his body and says, you're going with me. And he wraps his arms around his own body and transformation takes place and he comes out glorious in a brand new resurrected body. The transformation has taken place. And he ascends to the Father. He ascends to the Father. And I think he might say to the Father, how do you like me now, Dad? How do you like me now, Father? And the Father says, well, I thought you were prettier before you became a man. But anyway. Right? I just preach it the way I see it and the way I feel it. And I believe what I'm preaching is scriptural. If, you know, if this doesn't stir you, if this doesn't move you, you need to be sprinkled with dirt. No, no, wait a minute. You need to be covered with dirt. If this don't move you, you need to be saved. So when I've been saved, then you need to be salvaged. You say, well, I'm saved, but this doesn't bother me. Then you need about 12 big strong angels to come down and pound your chest and give you CPR and say, wake up. God's alive. Chris, you remember that day you were sitting here and I was preaching about some folks need CPR. I was preaching about some folks just need to be revived. And I walked down there and I grabbed Chris and I drug him out in the floor. Jumped on top of him. Gonna do the CPR on him. And Chris looked up at me like, you've lost it. You are crazy. <laughs> and I said, Chris, don't worry. You're not getting mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. You'll die first. Wouldn't you like to have been here for that? You want another replay? <laughs> Chris said, no, I don't want a replay. Good. We've had some good times, ain't we? We really have, yeah. That wasn't one of your good times, but we had some good times. God's so good. He's so good. I'm looking forward to the tent revival. We're going to slow down. We're just going to have an old-fashioned tent revival. We're going to enjoy the blessing of the Lord. We're going to let people sing. We're going to let them minister. We're going to have a great time. No, no big hurry. We're just going to have a good time. So what if you go too long? Go home. Yeah. Go home. You know the way home. We're, you know, we want to tarry in the presence of the Lord. Amen. So what, the kids got school? No, they don't. It's next week. But I got to get them in bed at eight. Not when they got a football game or a baseball game. You don't. What's your priorities? Amen? Come on, I'm meddling now. I've got to stop. You've done enter into a fourth hour of darkness now. But anyway, I hope this has helped you. I hope, I hope you... When you read the crucifixion, I'd like for you to, I want to give you a homework assignment. I'd like for you to go and find all the Gospels, Matthew 27, I think it's um, Mark 15, Luke 23, John 19. Go to the crucifixion chapters and read it and see what he's doing 
he's moving. And then see when the darkness comes. And then see the change after the darkness. And you'll say, wow. I'd like to have been there in that holiest of holies and heard that conversation. Because at that place, you were getting retribution for your sins. And at the tomb, you were getting future hope and joy for everlasting life. And it was all done in darkness. All done in darkness. Amen. Stand with me. Hallelujah. 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 Woo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So many great truths. So many beautiful things. The father wasn't going to give his son without there being a time of romance and love with him. And I'd like to have been there when his father kissed him goodbye. Lights come on. And Jesus says, I can't stand it. Father, why have you forsaken me? I can answer that for you, Jesus. The father forsook you so he doesn't have to forsake me. The father forsook his son so that he doesn't have to forsake anyone in this room. Jesus paid the ultimate price for our sins. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Josh's going to play and sing. We want to invite you to maybe make a commitment to the Lord. Maybe thank the Lord for that. You can do this where you're standing or where you're sitting. God, thank you for that three hours of darkness. Father, thank you for that three hours of darkness. Jesus, thank you for that three hours of darkness so that I don't have to live in darkness, so that I can be transformed and delivered from darkness into God's marvelous light. Thank you, Father, for what you did. And thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross of Calvary. Go ahead, John.